Welcome everyone to uh, our Alia Graphic Podcast monthly roundup, and this is actually our forty-fifth episode, which is awesome. And before we get started, I'd like to acknowledge the Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation as the owners and custodians of this land, and I'd like to pay my respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded, and we need a treaty. Now, um, today, uh, I'm Jurgi Urrutia from Kingston Libraries in Victoria. And today I have two awesome team members from Alia Graphic with me as well. So we've got Jade. Hi. And we've got James. Hi. Excellent. And um, so uh, today, we, as usual, we're just going to talk about some news. Some stuff that uh, that um, you know caught our attention, and uh, and also some new books. And there's so many of them. Um, I think uh, last month we had a few less, but uh, this month we have a lot more titles. Um, these things just you know ebb and flow. Anyway, um, maybe uh, Jade, would you like to get started? Big news today. <laughs> Um, yeah, we were just talking earlier about the return of uh, Saga, a cute little indie thing. Uh, no, not really. A massive um, uh, franchise, I suppose. Um, so Chapter 55 is returning in January 2022 um, for the second half of the story. So uh, just there, there are no words. It's so hard to sum up this series um all i can really say is what i love about it which is the the sheer uh world building character development um diversity and just the focus on on family identity um just through through different different worlds um and it's it's incredible news what do you guys think oh i'm i'm so excited so excited <laughs> yeah, i loved that i loved the first half it was excellent i need a second half and it's been a long wait too long and um yeah i i love everything that you mentioned i i also want to highlight that um fiona's um art you know she's amazing um and the art in this book is just incredible uh, i love her style everything about it and then to get to the writing side the complexity of the characters is so incredible like it's absolutely it's space opera so it could very easily have ended up you know the good guys and the bad guys in a you know space war but every character has so much individuality and uh their motivations are complex um it's the two, Brian K. Vaughan and Fiona Staples, working together so well to build that world. There's just so much depth to, yeah, every character, every circumstance. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I, I like also the fact that they they obviously had a very clear idea and very clear story that they wanted to tell. And they knew this is the half point and, you know, we have... Uh, this many issues to go, uh, yeah, and uh, and as much as it has been a long wait, um, um, I think it's great that they took their time. And they didn't rush it. They took a break, you know. Uh, I rather that they 
give the story and the characters justice and and do it properly you know so yeah i i, I can't wait really amazing yeah and um did you have uh, anything else uh jay that you wanted to mention Yeah, so I think um, one big topic that I think a lot of graphic novel readers working in libraries uh, return to or working in schools uh, return to is the whole debate around um, comic books being real books. Um, and so just a piece of news is that the publisher, Simon & Schuster, um, re released a sort of guide to using graphic novels in, in schools and in libraries, um, sort of, yeah, sort of teaching teaching uh, kind of aids, but as well as just um, a, a new way to think about um, engaging with graphic novels. And just at the, at the end there, um, there's just a, a wonderful line that I'll just read out. Um, the traditional definition of literacy is the ability to read and comprehend. As we move into a more visual world, the definition of literacy continu continues to change and evolve. Um, and I think that's such an important point. Um, so it has sort of a few little facts. Um, it has a reading list as well. Um, what I think is really important is that a lot of graphic novel readers are readers more generally as well, you know, um, reading in um, other, other modes, a lot of um, non-graphic materials as well. Um, also just that graphic novels are often um, gateways for young readers, so branching out into other genres, but also other forms um, and reading other things as well, which I think uh, should only be um, promoted. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's it's a very, uh, it, it's not huge. It's a very short document that they have here, but uh, it's got some good stuff there definitely. And it's great to see publishers um, you know, doing this kind of thing. I think um, the Scholastic one is uh, more extensive and, mm -hmm. and I know we have shared that in the past, but anyone listening, uh, if you haven't checked it out, the Scholastic one is also really worth checking. This one's good, uh, but, you know, the Scholastic actually, one is really worth checking too. I actually really like that this one's short because it means it's not overwhelming. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's it's providing that that basis without being uh, without trying to cover everything and to the point that people who haven't engaged yet are looking at oh do I have to look at all of this to engage effectively? Yeah. So this is there's a few few examples at the different levels. There's a page of um, information on why they why graphic novels belong in um, in it, and then the bit at the end about why it's important to use graphic novels um so yeah that's it i think that the fact that there's so much more that can be said as well i mean like whole scholarly essays and dissertations can be written on the topic but yeah it's just a really great sort of snapshot i think yeah in fact the first page in this guide is actually pulled from uh, uh from a book uh, by michelle gorman called getting graphic comics for kids So it's not just the publisher saying it, they actually, <laughs> they're actually taking it from a book. Um, yeah, but yeah, excellent, excellent. It's good to see publishers doing this kind of thing. And, mm. and uh, in some libraries, I've seen things like this as well being posted. And um, it's, it's great. A anything that we can do to advocate um, 
for them. Uh, that's a great thing. Yeah. So Absolutely. that's cool. Matthew Murray, who is uh, a member of the Graphic Novels Roundtable and quite an active one and very active on Twitter as well. And, uh, and uh, yeah, he's been publishing some different lists on Anime Planet. And, uh, and we've shared some of those, uh, I believe, in last month's roundup. And he recently published a new one. And, and so basically what he's been focusing on um, is single volume mangas. And I think it's awesome, you know, because um, mangas are very often very, very long series, which, um, which can be exciting and awesome, you know, because they have a very long time to develop long story arcs and characters and all that. But it, it also has its problems for libraries. And I think it's great that he's been focusing on single volume mangas. And the one that he published recently was single volume manga for teens, 16 and up. And, and there are some great titles uh, there. And, and it's great to know that, you know, um, these are single mangas. You can buy one for the library and that's it. It's done. It's a standalone thing, you know. Um, and so there are some of their manga classics uh, series, which they're great adaptations of, of uh, classics um, in manga style. Uh, there and you know there are also just uh, some great mangas um, like My Brother's Husband, My Lesbian Experience with Loneliness, uh, Onwards Towards. Our novel deaths and many more. You know, I, I won't go through all of them, but uh, yeah, it's it's really it's really worth checking out. And of course, because this month we're gonna have Halloween. Of course, there's a Junji Ito one as well. So Uzumaki, Spiral into Horror, which is terrifying, yeah, terrifying and beautiful. Oh, and as I as I think I said last month, that's Uzumaki is the one that's made me. Uh, I read it, I loved it, but. I don't think I'm up to reading another Junji Ito <laughs> and, I, and I read it like years ago now and it's still, it's just. You should definitely read No Longer Human. <laughs> I love that in this list, Uzumaki is rated a teen plus and I read it as a teen and I felt that was too young. <laughs> not ready for Uzumaki. I, I read it as an adult and I felt much the same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a great list and very useful. And if you check this one, uh, look out for the others as well, because he's done uh, ones for younger teenagers and for kids as well. So they're really worth checking out. I feel like a lot of libraries in terms of manga, yeah, focus so much on the really long series to the point that it's hard to collect all of them and there are so many gaps. And so lists like this one are so important to actually have a solid manga collection that is there with no gaps that's really accessible. Yeah, that, that's what I like about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, you will still have kids asking for One Piece and My Hero Academia and yeah. things like that, and you need to cater for them. But, uh, yeah, it's a good thing. Excellent. And now we're going to move on to James, and I think he's going to talk a little bit about um, the new Superman. Yeah, so currently, 
Uh, Superman um, in the primary DC universe, the main the main line, um, which is an important distinction to make for, for Marvel and DC comics these days, um, is Jonathan Kent. And Jonathan Kent is the son of Clark Kent and Lois Lane. And uh, in Superman, Son of Kal-El number five, uh, he's going to have a um, storyline that canonically uh, makes him bisexual. And so this is going to be released next month in November. But uh, DC made the uh, announcement on um, October 12th this year uh, in order of International Coming Out Day, which is a fantastic initiative generally. And it's, uh, I think it's great. I, there will probably be people out there who disagree, but I think it's great that um, companies like DC are using their um, corporate weight to um, highlight these sorts of these sorts of events. Um, so I think it's fantastic that DC is doing this, and that DC is doing it in a way that is this character that's a lead for this comic in an ongoing comic um, is going to be canonically bisexual going forward. Um, it doesn't feel like it's. Um, pinkwashing or anything like that from DC, this feels very much like they're uh, engaging with the diversity of people out there in the heroes that they have. Yeah, um, I, I think it's great news. And, and um, as the article actually mentions now, uh, it, it's not just Jonathan Kent, uh, it, it's also uh, Tim Drake and Wonder Woman. So, um, you know, there's a few. There are a few there, and and I really like also what uh, Tom says. And of course, th this is Tom. This is written by Tom Taylor. So you know, we've got an Australian writing this, and and I love what he says. You know, I've always said everyone needs heroes, and everyone deserves to see themselves in their heroes. And I'm very grateful that DC and Warner Bros. shared this idea. Superman symbol has always stood for hope, for truth, and for justice. Today, that symbol represents something more. Today, more people can see themselves in the most powerful superhero in comics. Oh, I love that. Good on you, Tom. Really appreciate that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, excellent. It's just awesome, you know, just championing diversity and also just the fact that bisexual people exist and absolutely should see themselves in media. So it's, it's wonderful news. Yeah, uh, Tom's definitely pushing a few boundaries and in different aspects as well. So he's he's doing it through, um, you know, for diversity and representation, definitely. But you know, he's also uh, he's also pushing um, the medium. Like you know, he recently had a Nightwing um, issue as well that uh, where the whole issue is one continuous panel. Yes, I think we talked think about that amazing. in our last uh, roundup. Yeah, I think that's amazing. So, yeah, the man's on fire. Incredibly incredibly prolific and on fire. Mm. Yeah. Good stuff. Very, very successful one of our exports there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've heard me say it a few times on these, these roundup things, but I really uh, enjoy adaptations. I think they're um, 
fantastic. Jean Luang Yang's uh, American-born Chinese is now going to be made into a TV series. Um, and really exciting news with that, beyond just that this is happening, is that uh, the director of the recent uh, Shang-Chi film is on board. So this is being done through Disney um, and it's looking like it's going to be such a interesting um, interesting take on it. So, um, yeah, with, with um, Jean Luang Yang's um, input, um, De- uh, Destin Daniel Cretton as the director. Um, and, yeah, so this was a... Um, American-born Chinese initially came out in 2006 and has been very popular ever since. Uh, it's, it remains uh, very good. And um, Jean Luen Yang uh, is... Uh, his most recent work, Dragon Hoops, was awarded in a couple of categories in the Eisner Awards this year. So very talented uh, creator. Yeah, um, yeah. He also he he also did that great adaptation of uh, Superman smashes the Superman clan, smashes the clan yeah uh, which is awesome and that was an adaptation of a 1940s uh, radio drama and that also won Eisner's yeah and that was awesome that was really awesome and of course I really love um, Avatar the Last Airbender and you know he 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 wrote. Avatar, the last I've been that comics for quite a few years. So, yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, should we move on to the new books? Always exciting. Yeah. Excellent. Let's go for it. I'll, I'll go first. Uh, and I've got three because I, uh, I can't just choose one. Sorry. Can't help myself. Uh, and I wanted to choose more, by the way, but um, so I'll, I'll try to be brief. So first one, of course, new Asterix. So Asterix and the Griffin is coming out uh, this month. And that's the, the edition from Little Brown Book uh, coming out this month. And that's in hardback. And I believe that that's the English uh, translation. Uh, so... Um, Really looking forward to that. There's a little bit of controversy, maybe, I should say. Uh, A bit of division, I don't know. Uh, uh, Because now, of course, Paper Cats has also started publishing um, uh, the Asterix comics. And they have a new um, American translation, uh, which is different to the one that uh, we've read, uh, you know, for decades and so, you know, some people prefer it, some people hate it. Uh, um, so, yeah, I believe that this Asterix and the Griffin is the uh, English uh, translation. And I believe from memory, I don't, have, um, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe that the Paper Cats edition comes out in December, I believe. So if you prefer the Paper Cats American translation, you'll have to wait until December. And, um, of course, I had to say Asterix and the Griffin because um, even though I know that Gossini and Uderzo are dead and there's other people creating these books now, uh, this series is 
always and will always be one of my favorites. Um, so always fun. And I think that they mimic the, the, the style of the original ones pretty well. So anyway, moving on. Uh, as a metalhead, I had to mention Dio Holy Diver, uh, classic, uh, classic um, heavy metal song uh, that is now adapted into a graphic novel. And I think that's absolutely awesome. And they have some great talent uh, uh, here. I mean, come on, it even has Bill Sinkovich. So uh, amazing. I can't wait for this. And finally, um, uh, Humanoids uh, Live Drawn uh, with the Live Drawn imprint is publishing Lugosi, Rise and Fall of Hollywood's Dracula. And I can't wait to read this as well. I, I don't know. I have a really weak spot. Uh, I love biographies in graphic novel form. And this just looks great. And Bella Lugosi is uh, a really tragic and interesting character. So I, I think this, um, this definitely is like top of my list, top of my list. And I hope it's a good one. Three very different titles, I guess, but uh, yeah, really looking forward to them. Uh, do, do, do you have anything to mention about any of these three? Just to jump in there with Dio, um, one of my ones uh, for this month is Leonard Cohen on a Wire by um, Philip uh, Giron. And yep. um, it's I'm just finding it so interesting, the intersection between comics and music. I feel like it's a real growing, um, oh, I don't want to say trend, um, but something seems like it's there. Um, there's a graphic novel coming out on the band Blondie. Alicia Keys is adapting, um, I think, one of her songs for graphic novel format. That's just off the top of my head. Um, and it just seems like a really wonderful, um, I don't know, combination, I think. Yeah. A few months ago, we also had Anthrax uh, publishing a graphic novel as well. And we, we mentioned it on the podcast as well. So, yeah. And we, and we spoke about the, the Bowie yes. graphic autobiography. That's um, right. Picked up some awards at this year's Eisner's. Yeah. And there are also two graphic novels, since we're talking about these now, uh, there are two graphic novels by, uh, I think it's um, something Kleist. I can remember the first name now off the top of my head. He made um, two great graphic novels, one about Nick Cave and the other one about um, Johnny Cash. Mm. And they're excellent, both of them. So mm. I highly recommend those as well. So uh, anyway, you mentioned the Leonard Cohen one. So um, you want to go next, Jade? Yeah, it just seemed like a really beautifully rendered biography. Um, and just what we were talking about before, I feel like comics and music um, go sort of surprisingly hand in hand together. Um, so by by uh, reading about this one, it starts with uh, Leonard Cohen on his deathbed and sort of... Uh, just goes through a series of flashbacks through his life and key moments in his career. You learn about key songs. Um, yeah, it just seems like a really interesting read and combination of two sort of beautiful forms. Yeah. I think my my other one, which I am absolutely over the moon um, to read, I cannot wait, is the... Um, the new All My Friends by Hope Larson. Um, so it's part of an, a series called Eagle Rock. Um, 
And it's just such a wonderful, beautiful series. Um, so what were the other ones called? It was, um, oh, I need to look it up. Um, but the first two books were just fantastic. I think by accident, I read the second one first um, and just found that they acted as really good standalone books as well as within the series. Um, so it's a middle grade um, slash YA, I guess, book. And what I really loved about them was that it just, it didn't talk down to kids. I feel like it really met them on their level. And the second book um, in particular, just from the cover, you expect something to happen that actually doesn't. So it sort of, it challenges um, what you think um, and the, the sort of cliches, I think, in, in storytelling. I found that quite interesting. Um, so it focuses on um, a young girl um, called Sabina or Bina um, and also is another sort of music uh, graphic novel, I suppose. She plays guitar. Um, she tries to start a band with friends. Um, and just all the sort of the politics and, and school and experiences around that. Um, it's just an excellent series. I can't wait. Yeah. So uh, the, the first two were all summer long and all together now. All together now. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. It's a great series. It's, it, it's really cool. I really like it. Yeah. One that I've so. been meaning to, uh, to get round to, but I... I definitely have been wanting to for a while because I really enjoyed her Batgirl and um, the Compass South, the Four Points, I think it is, series. Okay. Uh, Compass South Knife's Edge, um, which are, again, um, middle grade sort of sort of works. We have so much to look forward to, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Excellent. And, and now James is going to give us more, even more. Yeah, well, I, the, I had two as well, once again. Um, couldn't choose just one. Um, and the first one is called Monster Mind, Dealing with Anxiety and Self-Doubt by Alfonso Casas. And the reason that I really wanted to talk about this one is that it's autobiographical, uh, not about a musician, though, this time. Um, <laughs> it's about um, the comic artist and the way that the anxiety that um, that he's suffered, he's found a way to make that very uh, make that a visual presence um, and uh, a really good story. Looking at the difficulties that you face with anxiety, um, and most of the reviews I've seen have commented on how it's managed to deal with them very realistically, um, or well, very stylized, but in a very um, upfront way but without being triggering in itself so it doesn't tend to induce anxiety from others cool. and the other big thing is at the end of the book he's included tips for dealing with anxiety and for interacting with others who are struggling with with these sorts of issues so it's um really really allowing people to engage with what's a very difficult topic um, in a in a non-confronting way so I feel like this is this is a book that we have needed for a while um, and it's great that it's finally available it, it's great isn't it that, that um, things like that are coming out more and more I mean we had Matt um, speaking recently at our webinar about graphic medicine and this just fits into that 
perfectly. And uh, yeah, it looks really, really, really interesting. By the way, as an aside, I think this is like the second or third time this year, James, that uh, in a podcast, you've chosen a book with an author who uh, has a Spanish name. <laughs> which I think it's great. I speak Spanish, but yes, you're you're, you're pronouncing the Spanish names. <laughs> am I, you're doing am a great I pronouncing job. them okay? <laughs> you're doing a great job. Good. <laughs> you're doing a great job. Yeah, it, it's awesome. I, I enjoy that. But yeah, no, th this title looks really, really inter interesting, and I I, I knew that um, I knew that someone would choose it, and I knew that um, so that that's why I didn't choose it. But yeah, um, it looks really, really interesting, definitely. And it reminds me of things like, I don't know, uh, I've been trying to, to buy some graphic medicine for my library as well. And um, like um, one of the, one that I really enjoyed that I actually read recently because I didn't read it when, when we got it uh, was Invisible Differences, um, which is a, a French one, and it's a story of uh, Asperger's, uh, and and uh, and it's just again I read it and I just thought this is amazing, you know, um, really really cool stuff. So this one again will go to the top of my list as well. So I don't know. She, um, I think Alfonso will have to fight it with Bella Lugosi. Battle <laughs> for the ages. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so so as not to leave us on a down note or anything. Um, the other one that I've um, got for this month uh, is Lore Olympus. Now, those of you who follow web comics might be aware that this is a um, so it's on Webtoon, and it's currently the most popular comic on Webtoon, um, and it's been going since 2018. And the reason that uh, it's it's appearing on our new releases is because it's finally getting a um, hard copy released. I think it has had one before, but it wasn't um, a big uh, big thing. But it what it has done is it's won this year a Harvey Award, um, which is a, another award similar to um, to the Eisner Awards. But it's at the Harveys are out of New York Comic Con rather than San Diego Comic Con, unless I've got those mixed up. Yeah, I think, um, and it's also received nominations for for others, including um, the Eisner itself. Um, and this tells the story of um, the Greek myth of the abduction of Persephone, um, but it modernizes it somewhat and has. Hades, Zeus, uh, Persephone, Demeter, um, Poseidon. All the usual suspects. All, yeah, all the usual Greek <laughs> Greek gods. Um, but in this um, pseudo-modern, but still with a very um, ancient Greek uh, style to it in a lot of ways. Yeah, and it's, it's a really interesting one. And it's been so popular. And it's fa fantastic that it's getting that... Um, um, it's getting that print edition. Yeah, print edition. Yes, this is like a blockbuster. You know, this is mm. a this is a, a blockbuster title. Really, uh, I mean, Laurel Olympus has won so many awards already. 
mm-hmm. including an Eisner Award. In, uh, so, yeah, um, it's it's great. It's, it's great that it's coming to print for those who are not uh, reading it online. Um, of course, yeah, it's it's been incredibly popular on webtoons, and and uh, the creator is actually from um, from New Zealand. Hello, Charlene. But, uh, she's from Wellington, yeah. and and uh, and uh, you know, so a neighbor, I guess. Mm. So uh, yeah, um, it's it's great to to see this kind of success as well, and it's great to see uh, things from webtoons being published in print as well. Not that it needs to be. I mean, you know, uh, there's a lot of people who just read webtoons. Such stunning art as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the art is great. And actually reading it in webtoons, I I can't say that I read a lot of chapters, but I did read uh, a few of the chapters uh, at the start. And I really, really enjoyed actually the reading experience, something that really surprised me. I didn't expect uh, to enjoy the experience, but uh, yeah, um, I just don't. I try not to use the phone that much, um, uh, and that's why I didn't continue. But I thought that the reading experience was really, really great, and it flowed really, really well on the phone um, reading this. So uh, it will be interesting to see what it's like on on, on paper, actually. And I think we've gone through all the titles. I mean, we could mention so many more, but. Uh, we, we need to stop at some point. So uh, so if you want uh, to check the rest of the titles, go correct. to the blog. Go to our blog uh, uh, where we'll have more news uh, items and uh, more titles. And join our book club. Yes. yes. James, you should mention the book club. Come on. Uh, so the... Um, uh, by the time the this comes out, it'll probably be after the book club for this month. But um, we'll have a every month we on the fourth Sunday of the month we have a graphic novel book club for librarians that is uh, designed to be interesting, entertaining, and also get you PD points in the Alia PD scheme, uh, where we talk about um, a few different graphic novels on a theme and how that can then be related to libraries. So last month's was women and comics. This month we're talking about uh, web comics, so um, really appropriate that I talked about. I hadn't even thought of that. Really appropriate <laughs> that I talked about uh, Laura Olympus. And uh, next month will be so November. Uh, we're going to be talking about isn't it nonfiction? Nonfiction, I think. Yeah. Um, so and looking at some of the some of the uh, issues relating to how libraries can can um can interact with it um so uh, again on our socials on the blog there's the info about how to register for that um if you're interested please do um we'd love to have you there yeah and the graphic novel club uh sessions are open to all library workers school librarian uh, public library academic library whatever we don't mind uh, so you know, and and open to you whether you're a member of Alia or not, um, and open to you if you're even if you're overseas and you want to join us, you're more yeah. than welcome. Yeah. 
So yeah, just uh, join the uh, join the Graphic Novel Club. Uh, the November session will be November twenty eighth, and that will be our last session for this year. And uh, we're we're really looking forward to doing it again next year. Yeah, just register your interest and join us in the Graphic Novel Club, and uh, we'll do more of that uh, next year. And I think. That's pretty much it, unless anyone wants to add anything. Not quite, not quite, because we've got um, reminded to go and check out our YouTube um, channel because our um, first Alia Graphics webinar, um, first ever, came out this month. We had some uh, wonderful speakers, including Yergi um, and Tara, both of the both from the Alia um, Graphic Committee. Um, and Matt No from um, the ALA uh, Graphic Novel Novels and Comics Roundtable, so GNCRT, and Daniel Best. Daniel Best, thank you. Yeah. I had Best, but I didn't. Yeah, uh, and Daniel Best, who's a uh, graphic novel and comics historian, um, based out of South Australia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a it was a great webinar. It went really, really well, and. Uh, and it was great to see more than a hundred people uh, joining us for the live webinar. The recording of it is now on YouTube, and of course, we also um, uh, released it as an audio-only podcast uh, for those who want to listen to it. You know, while they're driving away um, from um, Melbourne. <laughs> now that. Now that we're allowed to travel, although we're not allowed to travel regional, actually. Sorry. Do not travel away from Melbourne. <laughs> Wrong advice. Wrong advice. Do not. But you can travel around Melbourne. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Take your advice on graphic novels, not on travel plans. <laughs> Correct. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining me today. And uh, yeah, we'll meet again soon. Thanks for having thank us. Thanks for listening to Alia Graphic Podcast. Hit the subscribe button on our YouTube page and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Alia Graphic, email us at aliagraphicinfo at gmail.com and check our blog, aliagraphic.blogspot.com for updates, monthly roundups of news and new release titles.